0: Rain of Troy hotline. Alicia, Michael,
1: what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever isn't completely full.
0: Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this?
2: Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? K- Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there?
1: Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't
0: explain it, what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe
1: it. Let's open up that race. line. Woohoo!
0: Oh, I can't believe USC has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Troy Radio, episode 507. Coming to you on Wednesday, September 27th. We're going to look forward to USC's uh, big road tests on the road. Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific against Colorado. We're going to preview the game, uh, give you our predictions, and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Rain of Troy. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Rain of Troy. Our email address is Rain of Troy at fanside.com. You can find the podcast wherever you find your podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We are there, especially live on YouTube, as we are every Monday, Wednesday, and Carcast. Uh, welcome, if you're joining us live on YouTube. Our phone number is 818-643-7227. Stuck at What's on Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. General with my co-host, here in the Rain of Troy studio, forgetter of the bits, Elisa D'Aratola.
2: Hello, everybody. I, Hello. <laughs> I completely... I was ready for it. I was waiting for it. And then my brain blanked out right as you
1: started saying this. Clearly, clearly you're not... You're not ready. <laughs> really not, not ready. It's not ready. Unbelievable. Uh, big shout out to everybody who's who's in the chat waiting for us here on YouTube. A uh, little inside baseball. The way this thing works, we have a sort of a like a virtual online studio. Um and we we go connect the show in the virtual studio to the actual YouTube. Um like listing the YouTube uh, live show that you have to create on YouTube, and when you do that, it then starts to populate the uh, the live chat. There were I I went in there like ten minutes, five minutes before the show. There were already a bunch of comments in there. Hey, so unfortunately, those didn't port over. But the important part is people were waiting for us. That's cool. That's fun. Pe- people are excited. People are ready
2: to go. People are ready to face Colorado at 9 a.m. Pacific. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Just, it, just keep saying it. It really feels feels good. Feels good. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It feels good. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Pacific. I'm I'm usually like not even on my second dream by 9 a.m. <laughs> How am I going to be ready? How am I going to be ready?
2: I'm up because I take the dog out at 8 o'clock every morning for her walk. And normally what I like to do on a college football Saturday is take her on a walk. We're out for about an hour. And then I walk in and I turn on the TV. And that's right about the time that the kickoffs are starting. And I sit down and I make my cup of coffee as the games are going. But I'm sort of having a leisurely first hour of college football. Uh, And... No, I'm going to have to, like, everything's going to be up to shift up Mm -hmm. because I can't just leisurely walk in at 9 a.m. and go like, oh, I guess I'll turn on the games. And, oh, I guess I'll make my coffee. Like, no, we got to be prepped and ready to go (laughs) by 830 probably.
1: Like, yeah, uh, no, you got to be ready. Uh, Something you weren't ready for this podcast, like John in the chat says with the commitment like like that, you got to wonder if Felicia has one eye on the podcast transfer portal. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What I, what
2: I, honestly, what I had on my mind is Sagar in the chat was asking if the rot line is oh, like how it works, and I was sort of mentally preparing in my head for how, what's our what's the best way to like answer his question, because you had brought up the rant line, <laughs> so I was <laughs> sort of like doing it. It was a thing. Not that I'm no, it's not that I'm blaming Sagar. It's all it's all wow. me. But like I got Unbelievable. sidetracked Unbelievable. mentally.
1: Unbelievable! Uh, to answer Soccer's question, is the rot line open daily? Yes. Uh, here's the thing. Over on Twitter, when I when we put out a tweet that oh the the rant line is open. Here's a little 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 secret. <laughs> it's all bullshit. The line is always open. You can call at any time. It's just a bit to. Prompt people to call. Someone has actually called while we were recording.
2: Once because I had the tab ago. open. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh, he had the tab open for the Google Voice or whatever it whatever we. Use. I
1: I was tempted to answer it because yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just a Google Voice number, uh, and we have it on Do Not Disturb mode, so that way it immediately goes to voicemail, uh, and that way it doesn't blow up our phone because that would be really annoying, um, but. Uh, It would be fun randomly to answer the phone call.
2: No, 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 no. We would never do that to you. As as you and I both, Michael, if we encountered a situation where somebody said, call in and leave a message. I would hang up immediately. And the process was, I'm going to call in, I'm going to leave a message. I'm not going to have to interact with another person. And then somebody picked up i would panic and i would hang yeah. up immediately so we would 70%. never do that to no. we promise we, we, we promise we we
1: say that as if we aren't two gigantic introverts who are terrible with with social interaction <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but uh no the way it works is yeah it's, it's just uh it's a it's essentially a voicemail box so you can call at any time of day uh and leave a message from anywhere we got a question. Uh, over on Discord from Sam, who currently is in. I'm gonna get this wrong and it's gonna bug me. Is it? Is it Ghana? I don't know. Someplace. Um, I'm. I'm. He's gonna correct us on on Discord. And it's gonna. Why am I forgetting? It's Cameroon. I don't know. I depend Anyways. on you for all yes. of the
2: memory stuff.
1: So if if you don't I, like. He's in he's in a West African nation right now, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and the point is, uh, he asked if he could call in from there, and I said yes because the you can call in from anywhere. We've gotten calls from Jeff in Copenhagen. He's called in a bunch of and, times,
2: and John 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 John, John Cape South Cape Africa
1: has called in, and also Witherspoon, a nine year old With- boy <laughs> in in outside of London, England, who doesn't call anymore. Yeah, Witherspoon very disappointed us. by yeah. the way doesn't call anymore. But yeah, you you can call in at any time. Um yeah, and yeah, so call in. <laughs> 818-643-7227 uh is the phone number. Uh not only can you call in, you can also give us uh a good old uh super chat. So big shout out to S Dresden uh who comes in with the super chat. We have hey. not played defense uh since the Coach Carroll era. How is that possible? SMH, shaking my head, still beat the Buffs by 17, fight on. Uh, I don't know how it's possible. It's a long time. It's been a long time, <laughs> it's but a eight. long time. S season improving, sort of? Kind of? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we are not talking
2: about Pete Carollera defenses. Well, no. No. At this point, uh, I, I can think of one year for a certainty that I felt like USC had a really good defense, and that was 2016 where I was confident in the players on the field.
1: Sure. Um, 2013, ironically, the is the one that I, I feel defense. confident about, USC's defense. Yeah. And that th- was the team that gave up 62 to uh, Arizona State and got uh, and Lane Kiffin fired, even though... That was, was the a, best offensive game. There was of- at least one pick six in that game. Yeah, there was definitely a pick six. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, as <laughs> Uh, but we, we got a bunch of uh, stuff to get to, USC and Colorado. But, of course, it all starts with the biggest travel alert you're going to get. This week, you're going to Colorado. USC is going to Colorado, which means it's your opportunity as a fan of this podcast to join DraftKings because if you're a new user, you can receive $150 bucks in bonus bets instantly when you follow these it says three steps in this little note it means four it means four number 1 you you go to a legal gambling state like Colorado to watch the Trojans on the road this week and then number 2 is create an account at DraftKings deposit and wager 5 bucks on any sport whether that wager wins or loses that first wager doesn't matter because you'll still receive 150 bucks in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code Rain of Troy when you sign up. Rain of Troy, all one word. And the best part is, using our code Rain of Troy not only gets you the bonus but it helps support this very podcast. So if you love us, you'll go to Colorado. Even if you're not going to the game, I don't know, maybe you're going to go visit the uh, Red Rocks or something, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you're going to go to uh, DraftKings and sign up because if you're considering sign up, DraftKings using our code Rain of Troy maximizes those first bets. Uh, this offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states like Colorado. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And don't forget, by the way, there's, there's future future states looming. Illinois and Indiana. We're coming to you. <laughs> coming to you in October. Coming to your city. Yes. So <laughs> we're yes. going
2: to get ourselves some DraftKings.
1: There you go. <laughs> uh, and last thing before we get to the news is another thank you to, to Soccer for a hey, super soccer. chat. Look at that.
2: Wow. let keep up the good work. We, we will try and keep up. Keep up being an active member of our chat every week. We really, really appreciate uh, the community coming together for these episodes.
1: Yeah. All right. Last thing. Uh, Eddie Valenti in the chat just asked the <laughs> the, the the most um, ta- tangent-inducing question of all time, which we're not going to ta- go on the tangent, but it is, Alicia, tacos or pizza? One
2: word answer. It's
1: pizza. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it. Yeah. 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 yeah it's it's pizza for me too also because burritos are better than tacos but with that let's get to the show Lisa, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good
2: about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the ball.
1: See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait.
2: That is true. I may not want to watch the men play,
1: but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks.
2: So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins?
1: Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn ten bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, PrizePix lets you get on the action on more than thirty states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That
2: sounds pretty good to me.
1: Yeah, download the app today use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars.
2: That's the PrizePix app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up, up to one hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
1: I feel like we need a new drop because I got reaction to just hit the news drop. we We don't have a new segment. We're just getting it straight in the game. So
2: I've got some news though. You got some news? I've got some news. It? It's fitting that Eddie asks about tacos and pizza because one of my probably quirky things that I do is I enjoy eating leftover pizza by dipping it in honey mustard.
1: Oh God. Oh no. Michael, in front
2: of you on your desk, there's a little bit of a present.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Backstory, friends. Oh, God. Michael, show the people what's on your desk. Backstory, friends. A couple weeks ago, Michael and I are sitting at home watching Colorado, Colorado State. Um, Colorado is behind. It's late. They're trying to mount a mount to comeback. God. They, they get the ball back with like a minute to go, down by eight, I think. What is this? And I'm looking at Michael going like, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I don't know. I think Colorado might do this. And Michael utters the words, I will do a shot of mustard if Colorado pulls this off. Oh, God. Well, friends, Colorado comes into this game this weekend, three and one, not two and two, three and one. Because Sanders led the Buffaloes down the field to score a touchdown, took the MD overtime, and then won the game. And I have been threatening Michael with following through. The people in the Slack can confirm this. On the day I said that this is what Michael said he would do it's Colorado week. Michael has to follow through. Are you Just the same way that I had to follow through that time that I said that if Fort if Augustine played uh, against ASU or whatever it was, that I would eat a pickle. Like, I did it. I suffered through it. You got some mustard in front of you. Some honey mustard, by the way. The best kind of mustard. So, there you go. Give the people what they want.
1: It's not very viscous. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not going to get that much of it. And I don't have to take all of it, then. You just oh got to shoot it. You got to shoot it. Cameron says, I got this. That's, that's good. Ernesto says, do it.
2: <laughs> I can't wait to see your face. <laughs> Uh, he's doing it for the folks for the folks uh, for the folks at home is it not coming out (laughs) he's not doing it (laughs) he's only doing what will come out of the shot class are you okay Michael he's currently drinking some water the look on his face is is not one of, of, of joy Oh my god. <laughs> that is horrendous, dude. <laughs> oh my god. I love honey mustard. Oh. I could shoot it. I wouldn't want to necessarily, but like, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a bad oh experience. Oh
0: my god.
1: For me. <laughs> He's regretting it. Well, this the nastiest thing I've ever in my life. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god. That is. People willingly do this? (laughs) I dip my pizza in that. (laughs) Rama Murdy in the chat
2: says he's ready to file for divorce. Oh, my God. Don't say you'll do a shot of... By the way, I have gone so easy on you because if I made you do a (sighs) shot of, like, actual yellow mustard, that I would never do. That is cruel. That is criminal. Honey mustard is the goat.
1: He's like vinegar. Like... (laughs) It's like, to be, yeah, to be fair, it doesn't taste like real mustard. It tastes like vinegar. Honey, like, uh,
2: I, I'm guessing that honey horrible. mustard, the honey mustard, I'm guessing is something more like it. Like it's like mayo and mustard and vinegar together. <laughs> SJ, SJ coming through with the super chat. Um, 1999. <laughs> that was worth the super chat. Um, thank you, SJ.
1: Thank you. SJ. <laughs> thank you. I... Oh my God. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry for the people on listening to this on Apple Podcasts <laughs> yeah. who have this misophonia. A visual, a,
2: there's a visual element to that, but
1: yeah. yeah. Misophonia. Am I getting that right? That's the one where you, you hear the sounds of the no. eating. No. Oh, my God.
2: Michael's office <laughs> game now.
1: No, it's it's the aftertaste. It's just still lingering.
2: <laughs> T- Tim in LA comes in with the Super Chat. Totally worth the Super Chat.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Tim. The
2: people love this for you, Michael. <laughs> your face face five head on says Michael's face right now is every uh-huh. USC fan's face watching this defense. All right. For the people at for the people who aren't watching the visual medium, like that paints the picture for you. The feeling you get watching USC's defense at times—that's what Michael currently is experiencing.
1: <laughs> Cameron says Michael flu game incoming, probably. Uh, Joey says, "Luckily, I had water to wash it down." Think, yes, yes. Also, oh, this is this is so gross <laughs> on the glass. Look at <laughs> remnants of cheese that is that will need to be like sanitized. All right. On to Colorado. Let's let's get to let's get that Colorado and yeah okay.
2: <laughs> Richard come okay. through the super chat. I'll, do, I'll thank, join this tip train. Okay.
1: Well, <laughs> we need
2: to we need to have you eating you know food that you no, hate. No, this more is not this is not a
1: bit that we're doing.
2: But peri- this this is the whole appeal of hot ones, though, isn't it? Like this is the entire appeal. <laughs> Watching oh people God. suffer is fun.
1: <laughs> thank, thank you Richard thank you i appreciate all you I'm glad all of you are enjoying this but on to the football. it's on to the as uh as as our friends that <laughs> uh no such thing as a fish say back to the podcast back to the podcast right That's back, what to this the back to the show back to well they say they, pause they, the podcast what I, I don't even stop the podcast stop there it goes yeah. anyways back to the podcast US in Colorado, 9 a.m., locking horns at Folsom Fields uh, in Boulder, Colorado, uh, for a 9 a.m. Pacific big noon kickoff on Big Fox. Uh, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, famously Joel Klatt's quarterback of the Colorado Buffaloes in 2002 uh, when I first went to Folsom Field. USC beat the Buffs 40-3, to uh, a game that uh, I will always remember and a game that Joel Klatt probably remembers and a game that a lot of Colorado fans probably remember because the Trojans are 16-0 all-time against the Colorado Buffaloes. The Trojans have never, never lost to the Colorado Buffaloes, but here they go. 9 a.m. going up against a team led by Deion Sanders, uh, a team that is 3-1 despite all odds. 3-1 um, after taking a big beatdown in Eugene to the Oregon Ducks last week. Uh, they are no longer rated. They're 29th in the other receiving votes uh, in the AP poll. However, uh, if you look at the analytics, um, the analytics are a bit off. Uh, a lot of this, uh, like SP+, Plus, the, the Buffs are 79th in the country is because of all the preseason interference, all the preseason stuff that dates back from last year. If you take that out, Colorado would be much higher because spoiler alert, Colorado was uh, bad last year. One in 11, the Trojans beat the buffs 55 17 last November at the Coliseum. So I, I don't think we can look too much into Colorado being 88th and FEI for instance, uh, because this is a team that is 3-1, led by Shader Sanders, who, in terms of passing yards, total passing yards, uh, one of the best passers in the country. I think he's second in, in the country in passing yards. Uh, if you go to the yards per attempt, it drops down. I think he's 46th in the country. But that just means that Colorado likes to throw the football. Like to throw the football a lot, uh, Shadur Sanders sixty sorry seventy six point nine percent completion percentage, fourteen hundred and ten yards, eleven touchdowns, one interception through four games with a quarterback rating of one hundred and sixty seven point three. Uh, back in week three, unfortunately, he led a ninety eight yard um, touchdown drive to tie the game and force me to eat mustard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's had his moments at quarterback for the Buffs. Uh, you look at what the Buffs have done in the run game. Dylan Edwards, 28 carries as their leading rusher. Only 28 carries. 157 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Averaging 5.61 yards per carry. 28% of his carries have gone for 10-plus yards. But he's only had 28 carries. So, again, Colorado likes to throw the football. Who are they throwing the football to? Xavier Weaver, 34 catches, 461 yards, and a couple of TDs. He'll be questionable. Uh, He has an apparent ankle injury that he suffered against Oregon. There's Jimmy Horn Jr., 27 catches, 243 yards, and a couple of TDs. Uh, And then, of course, uh, probably the best all-around playmaker on this team, Travis Hunter, uh, the wide receiver-cornerback combo, who has 16 catches, 213 yards, and no touchdowns, but out for this game, having suffered an lacerated liver against that Colorado State game, uh, in that Colorado State game. So there you go. Uh, that's Colorado's offense for the most part. Fourth in pass yards per game, 132nd in rushing yards per game. Uh, Alicia, what do you think of the Colorado offense? Uh,
2: Going into the Oregon game, they were the danger they they were the the part of that team that looked the most dangerous. If Colorado was going to really make waves in the Pac-12 this year, my suspicion was going to be that it was going to be because they had found some playmakers on offense. Um not just Travis Hunter, but obviously Travis Hunter going you know going going both ways was a big help to them, but Xavier Weaver and and Jimmy Horn and those guys and you know Dylan Edwards looks like he has a ton of ability. Um when you look at Colorado's rushing Stats, they don't look very good, but Dylan Edwards is due. Um, and there are a lot of <laughs> reasons why Colorado's rushing stats look as poor as they are 103rd. I,
1: I, get, I get a bump in, we, okay. we, we, we got another super chat. Hey. We just keep, we keep getting them. Um, uh, thank, thank you from Ask Dresden. Proud of y'all, you your content has helped us through some rough years of Trojan Ball. Respect 100. George uh, Sager says, basically, if Michael does a shot of mustard every show, they bank a hundred bucks in super chats. Win win. It's still not a win win. It's a it's a, <laughs> well, a, a win loss. a win win for me.
2: I, I think I'm the big winner here. I didn't have to do the shot. I'm the
1: big loser. <laughs> I'm the big loser. But yep. thank you guys. You guys but, are awesome. We'll, we'll 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 focus. Colorado.
2: Yes, focusing on Colorado. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so on, don't with, th- the
1: show, as, as on with the show is is on with the on with yeah. the
2: podcast. Uh, as Dylan, as, as as Richard was screaming in the chat, which is delayed <laughs> for us, just so everybody knows, it's, it's a few seconds delayed. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, Colorado, those rush yards per game, 132nd, is is terrible. They haven't had a single game with better than 2.8 rush yards uh, per carry this season. But uh, that's a very much a reflection of um the biggest issue for Colorado, which is their offensive line is a sieve. And they give away sacks like they're Oprah giving away cars. So um, mm-hmm. when you look at sack-adjusted numbers, the uh, it's, it's a lot better for Colorado um, in terms of their sort of rushing averages. Against Oregon, they average six point three yards per carry. Against Colorado State, they average five point four two. Nebraska four point nine six. Uh, only 3.1 against TCU. So, like, they're not a prolific rushing offense. The, the biggest problem for them is that they choose, like US, much like USC, they choose not to run, but you also understand why that is because the offensive line, um, I think you and I would both agree the biggest flaw of this Colorado offense is that they don't win the battle in the trenches. Um, pretty much on, the, on either side of the ball, but but certainly on offense, um, the the rushing attack benefits from the defense knowing that it's Shooter Sanders, or bust. Uh but they also don't really invest in that rushing attack all that much it It really does come down to that fourth nationally in pass yards per game, which goes to show that shooter Sanders has been carrying the the offense sort of on his back and even more so uh since losing since losing travis hunter uh so the fact that Colorado doesn't have Travis Hunter in this game is pretty big because he was gonna be a difference maker potentially on both sides of the ball, considering yeah what USC's weaknesses are um and strengths are. But he's gonna be out. Um they also the re- receiver core, Xavier Worthy Weaver not not necessarily being available. We don't know. That hurts them a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh facing a USC defense that is a havoc machine that is coming off a game where they had eight sacks when Colorado just gave up 7 sacks to to Oregon. Um this matchup doesn't look great for Colorado, but it does um there is still the question of USC's explosive gift-giving. <laughs> I guess sure, I would yeah. say uh, because when you look at Colorado, like shooter Sanders will punish you if you give him that opportunity. And we got another super chat from Tim. Uh, damn you peer pressure. Thank you, Tim. Thank, thank, thank you, you, Tim. Seriously. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. Michael's sacrifice was not in vain. I'm running
1: out of water <laughs> to give complimentary, uh, sips, sips, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but uh, you know, as, as you can see just from the the numbers that we have up, uh, and, and for the viewers at home, um, this offense for Colorado is interesting in, in terms of a passing attack, but otherwise not particularly special.
1: I, so it's very interesting because I think that Jadir Sanders is a very interesting player. I think he's a good player. I think he can make a lot of plays. Um, I think he's lived up to the hype. Um, Colorado has, for the most part, has lived up to the hype of the turnaround. Um not in Eugene on Saturday, obviously, Uh, but um, they're ahead of schedule. They're ahead of where they should be, right? Um, Having, you know, done everything that they've done to the roster and all those things. But even with that, even with Shooter Sanders being very efficient, uh, and I think the, the biggest compliment to his game is how sound he is um, for being a guy who, who has been sacked 22 times in four games he's only turned the ball over once via interception which is wild. Um, you look at the Trojans the last couple weeks they've forced interceptions because of the pressure that SC has gotten up front with Bear Alexander you saw it in in the, the Stanford game you saw it again against Arizona State and to, to me, that's a sign of like, you know how Colorado is good about just doing the little things. Um, it was, was this was one of the testaments that that we sort of gave Arizona State too, right? Like when Arizona State got hired, when they hired Herm Edwards a few years ago, that was the hire that was lambasted because he was out of the game and all all those things. He came in, um to Arizona State and he immediately fixed the little things which was just plain sound uh a time management term Edwards was great at that kind of thing right and one of the things Colorado was done um even though they have a lot of talent and they you know maybe inefficient on the offensive line they don't turn the ball over and they're very good at forcing turnovers and i think that little little nuggets uh, is a big proponent to them being 3-1 and one when, you know, they struggled at times. Uh, surely they struggled at times against Colorado State. I think they probably should have lost that game. I don't think that's a secret. I think Colorado will tell you that. I think Deion Sanders will tell you that. Um, the TCU game was a dogfight, and if it wasn't for the, like, timely interception that Travis the Hunter gets, uh, maybe they'll probably lose that game, right? Like... The ability to just do the little things is important for them. However, I think the glaring weakness, like we you talked about, is all the sacks they've given up. And I think that the more I look at this, and the more I look at Shadur Sanders, who kind of fits the profile of Cam Ward over at Washington State last year, comes from the FCS where he just tore it up at the FCS level. Um is shown big flashes of what he could be as a high a high capacity um, thrower um in in the offense doesn't make a lot of mistakes but also um maybe isn't the the quickest guy when it comes to evading pressure because as a sign of this he, he's gotten sacked 22 times right um, and that's also a sign that
2: he's maybe not getting the ball out quickly enough. Um, I think th- th- there's a skill to sure. avoid sacks when you're not a fast guy who can evade uh, defenders. So that's right. something. And so, and he, one other thing, one one just one other thing on Shreder Sanders specifically is I think one of the things that he doesn't quite have that makes someone like Caleb Williams really special is
1: mm-hmm.
2: on the run, he, it, most quarterbacks are worse passers on the run. Right. That is true of Shadur Sanders. What, yeah. what like makes Caleb Williams unreal right. is that he can be on the run. Caleb's and,
1: the unicorn because of things like that. Yes, right. and yeah.
2: Shadur can't um, make up for the offensive line letting pressure through, in the same way that uh, that a quarterback like like Caleb Williams has been able to do and and elevate the offense as a whole. Right, which plays into USC's hands here given the aggressi- aggressiveness of, of USC's well, defense.
1: Th- and that's the point I'm trying to make. I think this is a matchup that reminds me a lot of last year when SC played Washington State. Uh, Cam Ward and, and Trader Sanders, I think, are very similar in how they play, uh, very similar in their ability to you know throw the ball downfield and throw the ball all over the park and do all those things. But the downside to both of them is that they take a lot of sacks, uh, and that is what propelled SC to have one of their best defensive performances last year against Washington State. They got after Cam Ward a million times. They kind of smothered what everything that Washington State was going to do in that game. They ended up winning an ugly defensive game, uh, the Trojans did. And I kind of expect to see a lot of those elements on Saturday. Maybe not necessarily the, the all-defensive game because – Colorado's defense that we're going to get to in a minute, Uh, not good, but you know, you just look at everything else and SC coming off an eight sack performance against Arizona State, mind you, seven of those came uh, in the fourth quarter when ASU had to just drop back and force Drew Pine to, you know, completely throw. This just seems like the matchup that's perfect for Alex Grinch, and there's not many of those, but this one is it for me. Especially when Colorado will not commit to throwing the to 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 right. running the ball, they're going to commit to throwing the ball more than anything. And you look at Tritter Sanders and his yards per attempt; it is more of a uh, air raidy um, underneath passing attack. Rather than the big long deep shots over the top all the time. Uh eight point three yards per attempt. It's not like this is an offense that is out there throwing seventy-five yard touchdown passes on every other play. So
2: Well, but USC turns has a bad habit of turning of allowing those. Underneath throws to become seventy five mm-hmm. yard pass touchdowns because they they've missed a tackle or two. And and that's yeah. why for me, this def- the, this matchup is so much about USC cleaning up the issues that they had against ASU. Um, the plus side is that they don't have to worry about um, the 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 run game that ASU brought to the table. That's not what they're going to see against this Colorado team. Although Dylan Edwards can certainly break it if you yeah. if you leave him open for one, um, but the. USC is going to be able to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback, and mm-hmm. that is exactly what Alex Grinch wants to do. Yeah. The problem here is that Colorado has been reasonably explosive. Yes. Uh, they're 37th nationally in 10-plus yard gain rate, which is is pretty good considering that you know they <laughs> played an Oregon team that basically didn't let them do that at all. Right. Um, but that's going to be the, the, the difference in this game. We talked about after the ASU game, about how that defensive performance was mostly fine if you cut out the handful of plays that resulted in scores and that's where well, you, you
1: can't do that but yes you
2: can't do that no and that, and that's the thing is going into this game, what's the key to the game It's I think you are very likely to see USC have a, a high success rate on defense in terms of stopping Colorado on a play to play basis. The problem will be is if you let Colorado score on one play, then um everything that you've done is sort of wiped away, and you end up looking back at a game like a f c where you still gave up twenty eight points, even though you had a lot of success on those individual plays, you still gave up twenty eight points yeah Th- that's where the um where the 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 key here is and will continue to be for this defense, but specifically against an offense like this that um has a quarterback who if you give him that opportunity will will sling it um and has a couple of playmakers in in you know Jimmy Horn and and Dylan Edwards and maybe Xavier we- Weaver if he's available like mm-hmm. they can make plays
1: yeah and you know i'm not going to sit here and say that you know Colorado has all their playmakers out hurt even if you look at you know Weaver and and Hunter being uh hunter out for sure, weaver questionable. When, you know, just coming off a week in which SC had to face a third string quarterback and all the injuries that ASU has had, and this still allowed up 28 points. So yeah. a lot of this comes I'd- down to you know, we can we can talk about how this is a great matchup for SC str- um schematically in the Alex Grinch experience is aggression, aggression, aggression. And Colorado on offense has not been able to subvert that aggression. Uh, They're they're not good at reacting to the blitz because they are susceptible to getting sacked a million times. They don't run the ball to offset the blitz and all those things. It's still, even though that, that benefits USC and sort of plays into what Alex Grinch wants to do, it's still behooves SC to make tackles because that's the that's the problem area that's how you can you know get Colorado off the hook even if you are putting them in a phone booth where they can't go anywhere uh if they can evade those tackles and turn the you know seven yard gain on a third and ten into a 37 yard gain on a third and ten then that's gonna extend drives and, and and go on from there and you know End up with uh, crooked numbers on the scoreboard. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and just to to point out, like even though they're missing uh, a few key guys, they do still have, like we said, Jimmy Horn, the tight end. Michael Harrison had seven catches, seventy six yards, and two touchdowns against Colorado State. We all know what tight ends like to do to USC when given the chance. So th- there's still USC can't sleepwalk through this game on defense. They really can't. They they have to. They have to show that they can shake away a lot of the rust that they that we saw last week.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to the flip side. Talk about the Colorado defense. Uh, I alluded to the Colorado defense uh, not being great. Uh, they rank 101st in SP Plus. Again, remember that SP Plus has factors from last year involved, preseason factors. So take that for what it's worth. And then look at the gross numbers. Uh, 116th in scoring defense, allowing 33.3 points per game. 128th in total yards. 113th in yards per play. 112th in passing yards per game. 124th in rushing yards. Um, Also, ignore the little...
2: Yeah, line that
1: says that these are from twenty twenty. No, these are twenty twenty three stats.
2: Yeah, that's a remnant from um,
1: the An template, old template. The template that was yeah. from the beginning of the season. Yeah, a little inside bad. baseball. Yeah, we sucked and didn't delete that. But yeah, the the point is, these are this year's defensive numbers. Um, last year, Colorado was atrocious, but like on defense, statistically, this Colorado team just as bad if not worse than last year's Colorado defense. Mind you, they got a lot of playmakers. We talked about Travis Hunter, who's out. Uh, but big interception he had at the goal line against TCU that was acrobatic. Um, he has the ability to make plays like that. Shiloh Sanders, Deion Sun, 27 tackles and an interception. He is going to be questionable. Uh, he said he landed on his liver making a tackle and had to go to a hospital after the Oregon game. Brutal. Um a lot of DBs to talk about. Trevor Woods, 25 tackles and a couple of picks. Uh, Cameron Silman-Craig, 18 tackles, two tackles for loss, two picks, uh, and a sack. Um, linebackers, led by Juwan Mitchell, 28 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, 25 tackles from Marvin Ham Jr. Uh, Jordan Dominick, uh five and a half tackles for loss, two sacks. I think the problem with, with Colorado's defense is, is that while they force Havoc plays in terms of turnovers, um, they force a lot of turnovers. They're plus seven as a team in turnover margin, but at the two home games that they've had at Folsom Field, they are plus four uh, just on defense alone in terms of forcing uh, forcing, uh, turnovers. They force four against Nebraska, force four against Colorado State. They create Havoc that way. They don't exactly force havoc the other way around. Uh they don't force sacks, they don't force tackles for loss. This is a very interesting defense in that part of it in that they are able to sort of be uh, Is this the 2022 Alex Grinch USC defense? Is is that the comparison to Colorado? Yeah, like, like no like because no, the the hallmark is forcing turnovers.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where their turnovers turnovers they, are, are they force how turnovers, they get but stops. they don't get
1: stops. Yes. Yeah. Turnovers are how they get stops. I get what you're saying now.
2: Yes. In yes. that sense, yes, that's the that's where their stops have come from. Turnovers and the, and like USC, sort of they found out that when you have a game where you don't force the turnovers you give up a lot of points.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you can fall susceptible to a defense like that if you make mistakes and give them the out to end those drives. Um, the flip side of it is if you just continue to do what you do and USC has the ability to do that, the Trojans are number one in the world in points per drive. Colorado's defense, 93rd. Uh, if you just drive on them, I think you should be able to have – Success. Um, Colorado can't stop the run. They can't run the ball themselves. They can't force negative plays on the offensive line. I mean, on the defensive line, and they can't prevent them on the offensive line. They're losing the battle up front there. And I think in a lot of ways, if you are writing a recipe on how to beat USC, it would be to force the issue on the line. Force, you know, Caleb Williams to retreat and have to take sacks. Um, force uh you know sc to to really commit to stopping the run or or any of those things and i don't think colorado is in a position to do either of those things on either side of the ball which gives sc the ability to chuck it around throw it all uh, all around and and i know that you know sc is coming off a a big game in which Marshawn lloyd had a fantastic game on the run in, in the run game but this might be another game where Colorado susceptible to the passing game aside from you know forcing interceptions something that Caleb Williams does not do this could be a game that it's a Caleb Williams pass happy um night who knows well I'm I'm very cu-
2: I'm very curious to see what Colorado will try to do here because um, I watched sort of the extended highlight cut up from Matthew Love's ball on YouTube from the Oregon game and it looked to me like they weren't bringing a lot of pressure. They were sitting back. They were trying to keep things in front of them.
1: But when Um, you can get pressure without bringing a lot of pressure. No, but like that that bodes well,
2: but they weren't getting pressure. That's the point. Like (laughs) against Oregon and Bo Nix, like Bo Nix was absolutely tearing them apart because Bo Nix wasn't getting pressured in the slightest. And it was an interesting sort of strategy for them, but it just allowed Oregon to carve them up. And I'm very curious if they will try to do the same thing against USC or if they will try something different.
1: Which I don't think is the way to, to do it. I think SC needs to be pressured because you want... Caleb Williams can beat you outside of the pocket, but like you'd rather have him beat you outside of the pocket than just give him an eternity to throw.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and we saw against ASU that USC's offensive line maybe has some vulnerabilities. So right. if, you're, if you're an opposing team, I think you have to try to get after Caleb Williams and you're probably going to get beat either way. Like that's the Mm -hmm. cheat code of Caleb Williams. It doesn't matter which way you're going. He's still going to destroy you. Uh, But I sort of, I I think you have to, it didn't make sense to me with Bo Nix either because yeah, yeah, if you let Bo Nix, if you let Bo Nix be comfortable, he looks like a Heisman winner. Like Mm -hmm. the Bo Bo Nix thing has always been that when he gets flustered, maybe he starts making a little bit of mistakes, a little mistakes. Like, We've seen from most quarterbacks in the country, right. uh, so I, I thought that was very that was very interesting. Um, it's not going to help Colorado that they are down. You know, not just losing Travis Hunter on defense, but now Shiloh Sanders is in question for this game. That's not great for their secondary. If the idea is to just drop eight and see if your secondary can stop Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. I, the the matchup is incredibly bad for Colorado. It's incredibly bad. When you look at the Colorado, like stats and they, they resemble Stanford's and we saw what USC's offense did to Stanford's defense. Yeah.
1: Um, because you, we talked about it last week that, you know, SC going up against Arizona state and how Arizona state looked hapless, but they looked hapless on offense. They weren't hapless on defense. They were still pretty pretty good on defense
2: I mean as good as you can try to be against you they got third down stops in key
1: yeah, moments but I'm, but I'm talking about like going into it the first yeah. the first three games of the season oh for ASU, ASU yeah. was not a bad defense there was like a top 40 defense yeah
2: yeah exactly um, and that's not and that's not what this Colorado team is so yeah. how does Colorado win the battle um that we have here on the screen of, of USC's offense versus Colorado defense to me they don't To me, they let USC lose it. And that's what I'm very, very curious. This matchup to me, I don't think that there's anything that Colorado can do to stop USC's offense. I I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. Well, just wait, because USC's offense can stop USC's offense. And that's my one one worry about this matchup coming in. I feel very confident that USC is going to put up a ton of points. My one worry is, given the circumstances around this game, Colorado's coming off a, a loss that might not just demoralize Colorado, but it might cause USC's players to come into this game underestimating Colorado because they saw what Oregon did to them. Um, the altitude, the early kickoff, knowing what we saw from USC last week in terms of pre-snap penalties and Mm-hmm. Delay of games and the length of time in between uh, the 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 changes at the line and the sloppiness, the drop passes, the missed third down conversions, all of these things, the sloppy, the uncharacteristically sloppy offense that we saw from USC last last week, is the only way that Colorado gets a foothold in this game, and I don't think as a USC fan you should go in expecting to see that, but you certainly could see that given those those things that i said so what i really want to see from usc is cleaning up all of those the offensive line stuff cleaning up the general sense that the offense knows what they're all doing together and and have a a a look like a well-oiled machine again Mm -hmm. um and of course i just want to see them run run Marshawn lloyd can i drop my Marshawn lloyd stat now yeah go for it okay I was looking up Dylan Edwards' rushing stats because uh, the stuff we were talking about earlier about Colorado's run game and how this, the sack stats are really tanking their overall numbers. And I found that Dylan Edwards, on 28% of his carries, he has gone for 10-plus yards. But he's only had 28 carries this season. He hasn't had a lot of carries this season. When he does get the ball, there's a what I deem to be a pretty good chance that he's going to break it for at least 10 yards. 28% seems like a really good rate for 10 plus yard carries for a running back. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a comparison. <laughs> so I said, what does that number look like for Marshawn Lloyd? Cause I thought, mm. I thought what I was gonna find was that's comparable to Marshawn Lloyd, friends. Marshawn Lloyd gets 10 or more yards On 48% of his carries. Wow. 48%. 48% of his carries. Marshawn Lloyd only has 10 more carries than Dylan Edwards, by the way.
1: Because I choose not to run.
2: (laughs) Just hand the ball to Marshawn Lloyd. Just do it. Did you see what Bucky Brooks did for Oregon against Colorado? Did you see what he did? It's... It let was, Marshawn Lloyd yeah. have that. Like, give, let Marshawn Lloyd have the. Caleb gets all of the glory, ninety nine percent of the time. Let Marshawn Lloyd have this, please. Let this be the Marshawn Lloyd game. I'm just.
1: Yeah, <sighs> I, 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 I I I I don't disagree. Absolutely, do not disagree. Um, you know, well, one of the things that we were talking about offline before we started recording it earlier today was, you know. Where did we go wrong on our ASU preview that we didn't account for how things went, right? Uh, And I think it was less so that we went wrong and more so that, you know, we used to talk about the Rod Index, and we used to, in our little rundown, we would put things like SC loses if. And I think it's important to talk about, like, you, and you pretty much touched on it already, like, if this game goes awry for USC, I I think... We are, you know, pretty confident in saying what we talked about, about the, you know, SC, this is a big matchup for SC that goes in there. They have an advantage going into this because of how good USC's offense is, Colorado's lack of, you know, line play, all those things. Um, at the same time, there are non-football reasons, right? There's football reasons <laughs> and there's non-football reasons. The football reasons all on SC side in this. I think this is a game where non-football reasons absolutely could play into this, and you're lying to yourself if you don't think that's the case. Remember, this is the 9 a.m. kickoff Pacific time. We talked about it last week. Lincoln Riley has lost one morning kickoff game in all five years he coached at Oklahoma. Has not coached one a morning kickoff since coming to SC. This is the first one. This is the earliest USC road game kickoff since... 1987, uh, January 1st in the Citrus Bowl. Like, it's been a long time. This is a 10 a.m. local kickoff uh, in Boulder. That's early. That's early. They're at altitude. Uh, This is against the Deion Sanders team who could feel they're back against the wall after the the Oregon embarrassment that they, they suffered up in Eugene. You never know how they're going to respond to that. We saw that ASU had nothing to lose last week and then tried a million trick plays, uh, and it worked in their favor, right? Like, they they were absolutely down in the dumps. SC was getting them at a good time, and then it turned out not to be because ASU was like, screw it, we got nothing to lose. Colorado could be the same. But also, I think the other factor here is, let's look at the SC road games last year. Stanford game. Uh, SC wins by 13, a game that was much closer in the second half. Oregon State game, SC wins by three. At Utah, of course, SC loses. At Arizona, SC nearly throws the game away in the second half and only wins by eight. Uh, at UCLA, SC wins by three points. SC the two only plays games. close games
2: on the road. Mm-hmm. Two neutral site games, losses to Utah and Tulane. Yeah, weird circumstances. To a- absolutely, be fair, yeah. you, th-
1: you throw those at the end. Um, thousand percent. Um, SC has not had a game in which they've controlled from start to finish away from the Coliseum since Lincoln Riley got here. So they need to prove that otherwise, especially with key road games coming up in South Bend, uh, in Eugene. Those are the those are the next two. Well, Colorado's. I mean, sorry, cows uh, thrown in there too, but those are the road games coming up. You, you gotta, you gotta show uh, the ability to have game control on the road, uh, especially if you want to go into hostile environments and win. And if you want to go into the playoff and win. So to do those in a 9am, you know, game uh, at elevation. Yeah. I get that. Those are all weird things that could affect you. Um, and they could put SC off kilter, but Hopefully, for SC's sake, last week was the wake-up call of, like, hey, if things go sloppy, you might end up in a dogfight against an ASU team that was absolutely abysmal the week before. Hopefully, that's the wake-up call. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We will see. All right, uh, let's get to some over-under. So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. All right, let's start with... Pre week standings, of course, going into over under. Uh, I am 13 and 11. You are 12 and 12. Let's go to your first over under. What do you got?
2: I got 5.5 uh, plays of 20 plus yards for Colorado's offense. So Colorado is averaging 5.25 plays of 20 yards per game. Against Oregon, they only had three, but in all of their other games, they've been pretty explosive. USC's defense, wouldn't you know, was averaging 5.25 plays of 20-plus yards allowed per game. They had five against ASU. Two of those resulted in touchdowns. Uh, Going into that ASU game, by the way, uh, ASU had had 10 total plays of 20-plus yards in their first three games combined. So that was not an explosive offense, and they were explosive against USC. So, how explosive is Colorado in this game against USC's defense?
1: I I've said it before. I really like the matchup to the point that I that I lean heavy SC on this kind of thing. Except 9 a.m. road game. At that point, at least trust the stats. Trust the averages. I. Uh, hmm. Never mind. I'm going under. <laughs>
2: Yeah, LFG in the chat said uh, said over. I think I this will be an interesting one. I really do.
1: I, I I I think there's a lot of reasons to go over here. Obviously, because of SC's history and giving up those big plays. I just kind of like what SC. I mean, Colorado didn't do against Oregon too much. That I think that it, mm-hmm. if SC's able to ride the coattails uh, of that a bit and do the same things, get after them. Get. They could, they could still give up a lot with, with, you know, giving up five, five of those plays would be, would be a hell of a lot. So, yeah, you know, uh, all right. Uh, let's get to my first over under, which is a one and a half USC turnovers. Uh, the Trojans have only had multiple turnovers in a game once under Lincoln Riley. That was in the PAC 12 championship game against Utah. However, Probably should have had multiple last week. Uh, ASU dropped the surefire interception. Probably you could say that they dropped two of them. Caleb Williams didn't have his best game in that sense, but uh, Caleb Williams does not throw multiple interceptions in a game. That's, that's a fact. Uh, Colorado has forced four turnovers in each of their first two home games against Nebraska and Colorado State. We said, how does Colorado force stops? They get turnovers. Do they force USC into a multiple turnover game? One and a half. USC turnovers is the line.
2: USC had one multiple turnover game Uh, in the Lincoln-Riley era so far. That was against Utah mm-hmm. with Caleb Williams on one leg. Yes. I am smashing the under here. I think USC has done a very good job of of taking care of the football. Um, Yeah, sure, a multiple turnover game could happen at any point, but I just am not going to bet on it.
1: Yeah, the— the key, the key for Colorado to win this game is to get SC to commit.
2: Yeah, Colorado turns. will not win this game without four turnovers, I think.
1: Yeah. Maybe not four, but two or three, I think, certainly yeah. would help. Uh, let's go to your next one, which is 5.5 USC sacks. Oh, buddy. I,
2: I struggled with where to put this line because you could put this very high if you wanted. You could. Uh, Colorado gave up four sacks to TCU four sacks to Colorado state. They gave up eight sacks to Nebraska, seven sacks to Oregon. Um, USC has had, uh, one sack against San Jose state, five against Nevada, two against Stanford and eight versus ASU. So I, <laughs> I could have put this line at 6.5 and still been perfectly within range, uh, of doing so. But I, I, I stuck with 5.5, 5, uh,
1: They've allowed at least four per game Yeah, uh, in each of the first four games Colorado yep. has. And I'm tempted to take the over. I just think five and a half is just too high. It it's is so too high. high of a line. I'm not willing to do it. So I'm going to take the under. Uh, SC could have a four-sack performance, five-sack performance, and, and still feel like SC got the pressure mm-hmm. that they needed to force Colorado into mistakes or negative plays. Uh, and they still don't get that line. Uh, it, the, the chat is all over the over. And I get it. I I, I get it. It's just, that's a lot of sack. six. <laughs> you need six to get the over. It's
2: a lot, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. I feel.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's go to my next one, uh, which is 129 and a half rushing yards for... Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, this, of course, coming off of his season high 154 last week. Uh, He's averaging almost nine yards per rush. Colorado, 124th in rushing, 125th when accounting for yards per carry. They gave up 164 to TCU's Amani Bailey. Uh, Nebraska had three different 70-yard rushers. Uh, Bucky Irving, I thought, looked phenomenal last week. Who I called Bucky Brooks, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) It's Bucky Irving. (laughs) 8.9 yards per carry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Please, USC, please let Marshawn have this. Yeah, so... I'm taking... Okay, now...
1: 129 and a half. This was tough because I could have put it at 150-something. I didn't.
2: Yeah, to be honest, I was going to be irrational about this one and take the over regardless of what you put. (laughs) So I'm going over. The only thing that's going to get in the way of this happening is USC choosing to not take what is very clearly an easy 150 yard rushing performance for Marshawn Lloyd. I like I got the over, but it won't be Lloyd's fault if he doesn't get there.
1: Yeah. Because uh, you never know because I choose
2: not to run.
1: Yeah. That that could be a thing. You never know. I I think there's a, there's a chance that SC is able to throw the ball so much that they just don't need to run.
2: Yeah. They don't even have the opportunity to, to which
1: I think that's one of the reasons why like Oregon last week, um, you know, they didn't have a 100-yard rusher, even though Bucky Irving was great. He didn't have to be.
2: Hey, another super chat. Yeah. Big Thank. Sp- Thank you,
1: Alex. Thank you, Alex. It says, is it a crazy idea to get the team ready for road games as he paint the opposing logo on the practice field? It,
2: I, yeah, and then sure? video comes out of USC's, USC's players stomping on that logo oh, and motivating oh the God. other team. Logo stomping is the stupidest thing because – it's the easiest bit of bulletin board material to hand to another team to do anything to the opposing team's logo. Like, just don't do it. Don't well, ever
1: do it. If you listen to one of my favorite podcasts, Puck Soup, Greg Wyszynski always talks about how he hates NHL teams putting a carpet logo in the locker in the room locker that's room. gigantic in the middle of the locker room. And then, and then they have locked. a player police it Yeah, that you can't step on it. And it's like, it's... You don't know, put it if, on the ground if you don't want people to step square on it. feet. Like, how am I not supposed to step on it? Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, next over-under, uh, you say what?
2: 2.5 pre-snap penalties for USC. Mm. Okay. USC had five pre-snap penalties uh, last week. Uh, four false starts via Justin Didich twice, uh, Pregnon and Kingston. And there was a delay of game that I'm blaming on Caleb Williams. Yeah. Um, not good. Not good at all. Um, Colorado's opponents at uh Buffalo was it Buffalo Stadium? What's a uh, F- F- Folsom, Folsom Field? Field. Folsom yeah. Field. What
1: am I saying? Buffalo Stadium's in New I don't York, know I
2: why think. I jumped there. Yeah. <laughs> um Colorado State had four pre snap penalties, Nebraska had three snap pre snap penalties, USC had three pre snap penalties against Nevada they only had one against San Jose State and none against Stanford so I don't know it's a little it's a it's a little bit of a tricky one but let's see will USC clean things up on this second road trip
1: I'm I'm gonna take the over uh, I think every time SC's been on the road um, lately um, there's been those pre-snap difficulties we saw it against Oregon State we saw it last year against Utah uh, we saw it last week against ASU I think yeah, the, it's going to be a loud environment. It's going to be raucous. Uh, yes, it will be morning, at ten a.m., uh, tea time, in uh, in in beautiful Boulder. But breakfast burritos get people pumped up. Yeah, i th- I think I think there's at least a legal procedure or something. Yeah, at least a few of them, which which will give me the over there. Uh, locks you into the under. Uh, The chat split on this one, a couple of overs and an under. Uh, Let's get to my final over under, which is 169 and a half combined penalty yardage. Uh, The Trojans in Colorado are 123rd and 126th penalties. They average 75 and a half and 77 yards per game, respectively, as a whole on the season. (laughs) But mind you, those numbers are skewed by like early season week win games in which neither of them committed many penalties. The Trojans have had exactly 85 yards of penalties the last two games. Colorado has gone 80 plus in three straight games. They had 106 last week at Oregon. There were
2: flags flying on every yeah. single play, it felt like, with Oregon and Colorado. Um, this one is so easy. Take I take the over. Uh, it's Pac-12 refs. It's USC Colorado. It's going to be a fired up sort of game. It's going to be weird and wacky. <laughs> Definitely taking the over at uh, Bison Wild Wings at Possum <laughs> Field, as L.O.G. in the chat says. Uh,
1: let's do predictions. Uh, USC Colorado, of course, 9 a.m. Saturday on Big Fox. Uh, the Vegas spread 21 and for the time that we wrote this in here from our little rundown. Trojans opened up at 17 and a half point favorites. I think that was early on uh, before the season. Um, what, what, what do you got? What do you got? USC coming off of a squeaker, sort of, in Tempe? Uh, Colorado coming off a of blowout in Eugene? I
2: am... Where my concern comes from is just the sloppiness of a road game. hmm But I... I cannot envision USC having that sloppy of a game on offense two weeks in a row. Um, I think USC is going to put up points. I think Colorado is going to put up some points, and it's going to be 56-20. to
1: Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Uh, I think there will be mo- elements of this game where you think that the sloppiness could be problematic, um, but I think that the matchup is just too good. I talked about it at, at length now. I think that this matchup reminds me of the Washington State game last year, which had elements of heebie-jeebies going into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Cam Ward coming up from the FCS level, looking really good, all those things that could not protect him to save anyone's life. And that's what Colorado does. Um, They are not able to protect Schroeder Sanders. And if SC can get after him and, you know, force him to throw on the run, he's not nearly as good out of the pocket. Just like you said, most Mm -hmm. quarterbacks aren't. That's just how it is. Uh, And if SC can, can force him into doing that, um, I like SC's chances, especially when Colorado cannot stop many offenses from scoring themselves. They're without a couple big playmakers like Travis Hunter. I I hemmed and hawed about SC dropping a 50-burger, but I'm keeping it a little under 48 points for the Trojans, 20 for Colorado. I think Colorado still has the potency, of course, to score points, uh, but I sort of still like SC to Cover uh, and uh, get a big win. So that's where we're at. Uh, Let's get to the mailbag. You've got mail. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's talk the mailbag. Question from Andrew in Lisbon. Uh, See, we, we get phone calls from all over the place. We get emails from all over the place, like Andrew in Lisbon, formerly New York and. Mexico City, I think. This is the cool I'm part about like, like uh being a podcaster for so long. Is you, you follow you, you get people who, <laughs> who just keep cases keep in their lives keep messaging you and keep listening from like oh I'm so and so like Trinice was Trinice in in Orlando and now yeah. she's Trinice in the West Side. We've known her since way before that. She was yeah. Trinis in Norca. Like, yeah, there's Andrew in Lisbon now. Uh, When you're fuming about Alex Grinch and mistakes in the defense and you want to blow off steam, go to the Georgia Southern YouTube channel and watch that week's Clay Helton post-game pressure. Presser. Uh, Trust me, it'll make you feel better, and you'll move on quick, Andrew and Lisbon. So this is funny because just this week I sent a screenshot of Twitter replies (laughs) to our, to our, our friends from Travel Hates Thursdays uh with uh georgia southern fans responding to clay helton giving out putting out a call to break their the the attendance record for Georgia uh georgia southern not state georgia southern uh, football game they're going to play coastal carolina this week
2: mm-hmm.
1: the the twitter mentions <laughs> in statesboro georgia so different than Los Angeles, it's I'm, wild. I'm
2: so, I'm happy for Clay. He's where he belongs. He's with people who like him. Who like, go, Coach. We're with you, Coach. We love you, Coach. Like, good. I'm glad his team is three and one. Uh, they lost at Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, but did so, I think, respectively for a Georgia Southern program. Sure. Like, good on they just uh, like, you know beat the crap out of Ball State. Like this is this is what. This is what Clay Hilton was made for, and I'm all, happy for him. All the
1: replies, I'm bringing six, coach. Oh, nice. my family's running seven deep. We've got all the tickets. And I'm like, if this was in LA, people would be like, I hope your tire breaks down on the way to the game. <laughs> like, just insane. Yeah. Insane. Insane difference, for sure. Uh, we got a message uh, from Discord uh, from Tim in LA, who says ESPN has USC favored by 21 and a half, and over and under of 74, which means the Trojans win 48 26 if you do the uh, the sharpie math uh, does that sound like a good showing to you <gasps> assuming USc covers the spread would you prefer winning 22 nothing 48 26 or 70 to 48 I have a
2: very very clear answer Uh-oh. to this there is only one good answer the other two are bad 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 signs hmm The good answer is you take 48-26 right here and now. Because we know the USC offense is going to put up 45 on everybody. That just confirms that. We know the USC defense is going to be vulnerable to giving up 26 to everybody. We already knew that. The other two options on this break something for USC. If USC goes on the road to Colorado and only scores 22 points, I don't care if the defense is pitching a shutout against this Colorado team. If you only score 22 points, you are in trouble when you go to South Bend. You are in trouble yeah. when you go to Autzen. You are in trouble in a lot of different places this Especially season. Especially
1: coming off a game in which Colorado only scored a t- like one touchdown against, against Oregon. Yeah.
2: You're also potentially in trouble against good defenses that you're going to be playing at home like Utah and... Don't look now, but UCLA's defense is looking good right now too. Yeah. So that is an unacceptable result, even if we have to overlook a a, a blank for the defense. Like, good on them, but that that USC is not going to win the Pac-12 by their defense shutting out Colorado. Like, that's not the way this path goes. The alternative, where USC scores 70. Well, of course, we knew USC could score 70 on a Colorado team. We didn't learn anything there. But giving up 48 points to Colorado, to a a Colorado team that just managed to put, like, six up against Oregon, like, that doesn't feel very good either. Now, there is a scenario where... USC is like winning 70 to nothing. And then at halftime, they're not
1: giving up 48 points in the second half.
2: I'm just saying, like, there, or fine, there's a scenario where USC is up, you know, 55 to 14 at halftime. And then Colorado puts a bunch of points on USC's like backups. But and we're not feeling that. But either way, giving up 40, 48 points to this Colorado team is bad. You can't do that. So, yeah, in the middle.
1: I don't see how 70 to 48, yeah, rem- remotely looks good.
2: Neither. That's what I'm saying. There's only one good answer. Yeah. The other two are not good.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: not good at all.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, 48 to 26. I think it looks about what you just would expect. And you look at our predictions. You're saying 56 24. I'm saying 48 20. Basically in that same ballpark, sort of, kind of, yeah, close enough. Uh, let's go to the questions we got here on. YouTube, from all you guys, chat has been going crazy today. We appreciate you guys. We seriously could not do this without you. Uh, this, you guys, make this uh, so much fun. Um, LFG says, "Hey, at least you guys aren't going to see you in the cold uh, like you did two or three trips to Boulder ago. Uh, remember, I think Alicia was under the weather that trip. Yeah, you, that- you were, you were feisty because of the sideline issue. <sighs> that." At, at, I- older which is now you know even worse because they have a million people on the sideline.
2: Yeah, I was taking photos. There was snow on the ground when you when I when I take photos at least at the games I'm you know kneeling down so my my pants were all just sort of wet with cold water that was uh, that was sort of leaking around the sideline and then to get from one end of the field to the other end You have to go up the stairs into the stands across the stands in front of the fans that are there all the way down to the other side of the field where then you go back down the set of stairs to get back onto the field. Like not ideal if you're somebody who wants uh, after a big play who wants to get over the end zone as quickly as possible. Like I used to do sprints on the Coliseum sideline back and forth. It was it was fun. It was was great. But like Colorado made that extremely difficult and I was very upset Mm -hmm. Um, and it was very cold. Yes.
1: Yeah, it it's it's difficult. It it's a difficult little venue for sure. Um, But uh, it's it's got charm to it too. I think it's absolutely beautiful there. I'd just like to know if they have a women's restroom in the press box yet. Probably wouldn't be important. Just maybe to get one. Yeah. Um. They didn't when I was there. Yeah. We'll 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 see. Uh. Let's let's go to a question from uh Rama who says, uh, is it going to be strange wearing our home jerseys on the road at a non UCLA game? So No. I, I don't I don't know that we I've know done, for sure. No, 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 I've done
2: research. I've okay. done research and I'm very I'm I'm pretty certain they will not be wearing whites. My reasoning behind this is last year the white out game that they did at um at Folsom Field. They wore their home jerseys with the black tops and gold bottoms, um, and the fans wore whites. They tweeted out their white out back at Folsom wear white thing with a graphic of um, a player in their home uniforms, black tops, gold bottoms. I think that they will not be wearing white, and we also heard somebody... I know that I heard somebody on Twitter who tweeted us, and I can't remember who it was, and it was a while ago now, but who said that they had heard that USC's equipment people are planning to bring the road whites. So I think it's weird to do a whiteout and not have your team in white. Personally, yeah, but that's I don't know that's it's a thing. Penn State when they do their whiteout wears wears all white, right?
1: Yeah, but like they also have like a hell of a lot of tradition. Uh, I'm not saying that Colorado doesn't, but like, so yeah, I mean, Penn State's a good pool there, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that if, if, if you're, if you're Colorado and you like to wear alternate jerseys and they have one of the best uniform, you know, kits in the country. Absolutely. Their uniforms are always awesome. I love them. Uh, they have the ability to wear white. Um, They're not like Penn State who just never wears white actually at home yeah just go go the full board you don't have tradition blocking you from from doing it wear white at home i i, I don't get it and no it wouldn't be weird it wouldn't be weird for usc to do that because i, just think, do it's
2: it be, I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be it's weird that usc will be in white jerseys when the crowd at pulson field will be wearing white I,
1: yeah no i i i tend to agree with that uh let's get to a voicemail that we have uh from the uh the 812 area code
0: Hey, hi, Michael Alicia. My name is Andre, and I have a question for you. And my question is, if the name of the game is to win, why does the coach not play the best players? Number four on offense and defense are hurting the team. Why do you think they don't play uh, other players and continue to play these guys? Thank you.
1: Thanks for the call, Andre. Uh, Alicia, you in the last episode talked about how you know we we talked about the the football IQ of Max Williams which is very high. Uh, it's always been something he's been lauded for and that that is something that absolutely shows up in practice. Do you think that's the reason for the Max Williams, you know, playing time? So is it, like is it is it that simple? Here's the problem. Um
2: if Max Williams isn't on the field for you, then who is? Um, Bryson Shaw is your other option. Well, we saw Bryson Shaw miss just as many tackles, if not more, in that game. He he missed, by my count, I think it was two that resulted in third-down conversions for uh, for ASU in that game. So I don't know that there's a very good argument to say that like Bryson Shaw should be playing over Max Williams at this point. The big question mark is somebody like zion branch or somebody like christian pierce but like i said i think in that episode too i think zion branch has so much potential and i really do want to see him play but when we saw him play in those early games where they were clearly getting as much uh uh, playing time as possible in for those younger guys uh, while with their redshirt games and stuff like that which he's already redshirted but you know what i mean he didn't look like he was ready to go in terms of knowing his assignment, knowing where he needed to be. There were big breakdowns with him on the field. So it's not as simple as, uh, you know, you take Max Williams out of the game when he misses a tackle, because the guy you replace him with is missing tackles too. And the guy that you replace that guy with isn't even in position to make the tackles because he's on the wrong side of the field or, you know, you know what it is. So I don't know. It's very difficult. I think that, um, I think that Max Williams' story is is great and I and I think you have to commend him for coming back from multiple major knee injuries and, mm-hmm. and for his I think football three IQ. Of them. Yeah. He reminds me a bit of like situations that USC has had with other um other players of sort of similar statutes, like like I don't know, like a Jane Harris and a few others who it's like they work hard. They they are come to, to work every day. They know what they're supposed to do. The fact that USC hasn't found somebody better than them is not a them problem. It's a USC's recruiting sort of or end development problem. Um, so I find it very difficult to promote the idea that like, that the coaches are making a mistake on the Max Williams front except unless you're saying that mistake is why hasn't USC developed somebody like Anthony Beavers or uh, uh or you know gotten Zion Branch ready to I mean but he's kid's coming off an of injury there's a whole there's a whole lot of reasons why yeah um why didn't USC aggressively work in the transfer portal to find a safety to play alongside Kalen Bullock I think is a very very valid question on the other side of the ball, I think that, uh, Mar- like I said, Mario Williams has the-, the bad drops, but he also is catching balls and being productive. And, and like, he's not a complete net negative for USC. Um, we've seen Taj Washington have cases of the drops in the past. We've mm-hmm. seen Karen Hudson drop passes recently. We've seen Brendan Rice drop passes last, last season. Um, so... Wide receivers pa- dropping passes is just, it's sort of a thing that happens. And Mario Williams, I think, um, is still being productive and reliable yeah. enough most often. I Between the two of them, I think there's a much stronger argument to say that, like, you can phase out Mario Williams if he doesn't fix that with a quickness.
1: Well, he, he's got, there, there's other options for Mario Williams. Um. Yeah, because there's so many different receivers who could have more playing time. Mm-hmm. Thousand percent, I agree. The flip side of that is, if you're talking about who could impact the game the the most on any given play, Mario Williams is high on that list throughout the entire roster. Yeah. Um. And we we've seen that. I mean, we we saw that last year. How many times he can. He can, you know, make a big play. So yeah,
2: he's made a lot of big plays, and like I said, you know, in that game specifically, yes, he had the early drop, but he came out and made a bunch of catches that were right. good catches that you he know. took that that you know I, I I don't think Mario Williams being on the field is a, is a negative for USC at this point, and if it and if but I think that for someone like Mario Williams and for someone like Max Williams and for Mason Cobb and for you know. Justin Dietrich and the false starts and mm-hmm. other guys on the offensive line and the, and the bad play against ASU, all those kinds of things. What you want from USC is to have the kind of depth that says that the coaches can look at players who are making consistent mistakes and take them out of the game to prove the point that like you are replaceable if you don't do your job. Yeah. And one of the issues that USC has, like if Mario Williams comes out in the next couple of games and continues to drop passes, yeah, it's real easy to say fine. Taj will play.
1: Yeah. Kyron Hudson. Or, Kyron Hudson will play. Yeah.
2: Michael Jackson third will play. Like, it's, I think it's yeah. very, very easy to do that. The, I think it's so much harder to do that on defense. Although, it, again, like, where was the rage on Davis?
1: The other side of it is when this offense is so efficient and so explosive and so successful... Uh, Dorian Singer um, is a prime example of someone who doesn't get ha- doesn't have a ton of catches, but mind you, none, nobody on USC's team has a lot of catches because mm-hmm. Caleb Williams distributes the ball over all over the field. At the same time, he was someone who, going into the ASU game, had a 100% um, com- completion rate on any pass that was targeted to him. Right. So when you're when you have guys like that who are in your wide right receiver core. Any sort of misstep gets is easy to see, right? Like yeah. if everyone is making catches and one guy drops two passes, suddenly he becomes Mr. Drop Guy.
2: Well, Paul Kay in the chat makes a good point. Brendan Rice was that guy last year. One
0: hundred percent. Why is Kyle yeah.
2: Ford not playing over Brendan Rice? Was the question. Yeah,
1: and and look at Brendan Rice right now. You can make the argument he's USC's, USC's best he's receiver right best now. Best receiver. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. Uh, let's go to a uh, question we got in the chat from uh, Ricky D. Any word of Shiloh Sanders? Just playing huge loss for the Buffs if he can't go. Questionable was the, the last time that we saw that, right?
2: Yeah, questionable, um, but Colorado's not really putting out information on that, so it's hard to say. I, I, if a dude went to the hospital because he injured his liver badly enough that he was um, urinating blood,
1: Wait, I struggle. Is, is that frowned upon? Like, you're not supposed to do that?
2: I, I just, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I hope, I, well, the, and the good thing is like, say what you will about Deion Sanders, but he very clearly cares about his players. Right. Um,
1: Well, especially his son too,
2: yeah. Which is his son, yeah. Uh, Travis Hunter, there was a whole thing about how like Travis Hunter was saying like, I got to play this week. I got to play this week. And Deion was like, no, like, no, absolutely not. You lacerated your liver. No, you will you sit down. It'll be okay. Um, I think that Shiloh Sanders, uh, if if he is, if the medical professionals aren't clearing him, then he will not play. If he will play, if the medical professionals say it is safe, and they will have to
1: be the judge of that. But yeah, I don't know. Presumably, yeah.
2: Going to the hospital with a liver issue and that sounds not. I, good I just think it's
1: it's me. crazy that Hunter and and Sanders both like organ issues and like organ spelled. Organ. <laughs> well, you know that's. It was not supposed to be an organ duck joke. It was like, <laughs> literally, it's it's crazy to have like. Those are not the injuries that we talk those about. Those are the not
2: time. the normal football injuries. Those, These are. This is right. very strange and. Unless very Unless
1: those things happen all the time, and they they're just not explained just that not way. Hit, yeah, maybe because yeah. I would imagine that like getting hit in the kidney and and you know peeing blood and doesn't like sound that. like like it would be that hard to do.
2: Yeah, but because I I I don't remember. Have a cousin
1: who's a boxer. Yeah. Every fight, he'd be he'd be peeing blood after and like wondering why why does why does he do this?
2: Yeah. Every single one. I don't. But I just just doesn't. All I know is I stubbed my toe really bad on Saturday and like I couldn't go out on a football field. You've been on crutches
1: since. (laughs) So
2: like (laughs) I don't know protect your livers guys
1: um okay Ron murty says does the defense try to stop the run and put pressure on sanders or is there another way to stop colorado i think that's the way they, they pressure, don't run pressure, enough pressure. They yep. don't. We, we we press this button oh oops sorry wrong one <laughs> um okay Pre- pretend that uh <laughs> pretend it's this because i choose not to run there you go Pretend it's that button. We press that button for SC, but uh, for Colorado, you can basically because because, because because I choose not to run. Yeah, you can you can hit it a few times because uh, they throw the ball. They throw the ball a ton. That's Their why best
2: players are the ones that are uh, in the passing game.
1: Yes. So yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, let's go to Greg. Um, Do you think College Game Day goes to USC Notre Dame or Oregon-Washington on October 4th? I will bet all the money I have in the world, not much, a little more because you guys are so awesome here on YouTube. Thank you. Um, But all the money I have in the world. They're going to Oregon-Washington. They're going to Seattle in October.
2: If Notre Dame had beaten Ohio State... We would be having a different conversation.
1: Uh, well, but they so, don't. Uh, no, uh, Game day was in South Bend for Notre Dame and Ohio State last week. This week, uh, they are in um, Durham, North Carolina for Notre Dame Duke. I have a hard time seeing that they go back to South Carolina. What? I mean, back to South Carolina, South Bend, um, two times in what five weeks, and well, get Notre Dame three times in five weeks. When the the perfect opportunity is Oregon, Washington, who presumably will be they also be a top ten team. Are, they and both undefeated. are on bye weeks that the week before. Yeah, like it. It just seems like that's the perfect opportunity for them to go and. Ten years ago, they went to Oregon-Washington when they were both undefeated. Uh, because that's the game that, that Lane Kiffin made his first appearance after getting uh, tarmacked. He was at game day. Remember that? 2013. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, uh, Kenny says, how soon can we start talking about Utah having a bad offense? I It's going to be interesting because... I guess if if Cam Rising is still not there, you, we we can start talking about that uh, at any points. Um, they 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 look sort of out of sorts a little bit with Johnson at quarterback.
2: I the problem with with just committing to the Utah has a bad offense thing is that you can say that right up until the moment that Utah has Cam Rising back in the in the lineup, and then suddenly. Mm-hmm. They have a not bad offense. I guess the question is, yeah. is Utah capable this year of having the same level of offense that they had last year when they had a not just a good offense, but I would say a very good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, Cam Rising was out last year, who did they beat? They beat Washington State 21-17. So without yeah. Cam Rising in that game, they were not the same offense that they were with him. In all, most of the other games that Cam Rising played, they scored, you know, 40 points.
1: So yeah,
2: I will say that Utah has a bad offense when Cam Rising is leading them, and they're not scoring points.
1: That, that's fair. I, I do think that there will be a lot of pressure on Cam We talk about pressure on Caleb Williams to live up to last year, but Caleb Williams isn't hurt. He's not yeah. playing through an injury right now. Cal, uh, you know, Cam Rising coming off of an injury... I think it's going to be a lot of pressure for him to get back to the level that he was, especially when it's an ACL, especially when he's someone who thrives on mobility and Mm -hmm. thrives on uh, intangibles and what he can do um, to keep a neat defense off balance. I am not going to bet against Cam Rising. We've, we've too many times. It's easy to to sit here and and not think highly of Utah because they're not flashy and they're not sexy. They're not Great away from home, all those things, and Utah continues to find a way to win the conference or at least get to the championship game. So I'm not going to bet against them, but I think that, yes, the uh, the Utah offense does not look good. Because of that, Beavs on Friday. Beavs. Beavs big, which is like a six-point win probably. I,
2: I will say this right now. If Utah beats Oregon State
1: on the road that's a big sign for them
2: that is huge for utah because that yeah. means that utah's home road situation is not as bad as we sort of think it also, is also
1: i i think it puts the, to better oregon state's chance to win the conference mm-hmm. well okay yes and no yes because realistically oregon state needed to win they need they need to win the most winnable of the the tough games Which that they have on the Washington schedule, State. and Washington State on the road and Utah at home are the most winnable for yeah. them. Um, Going zero and two in those games, zero and two in those games is rough. Like you need to win those games. Yeah. It's possible still because they could still beat the teams that they they could have a tiebreaker over if if Oregon State like won out or whatever. But I don't know. Uh, all right. Last question comes from Cameron in Frisco, Texas. What are your thoughts on the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift love drama?
2: <laughs> the only thing Michael hates more than honey mustard, <laughs> I think it's fun. I I I thought it, it was very fun to see some of the puns and the quips and the whole like you
1: know thing. Who cares? I,
2: who cares? <laughs> Taylor Swift fans, Chiefs fans, NFL fans. Why, do, like Taylor why Swift? do we
1: care what they care about? No, <laughs> well, you no. don't have to
2: care about it. I,
1: I have a lot of opinions that I will keep to <laughs> myself uh, for fear of getting canceled. But... He's not a Taylor Swift fan, friends. Wh- but who cares? Who cares? I I... I, I want all of it out of my Twitter feed. I've already gone through. I've muted keywords. I've gone to TikTok. I've muted keywords there. I I want none of it. I want off this ride. I don't need to talk about it. I want none of it. And I don't want any mustard either, ever again. That Seriously, the, the taste is still in my mouth and it's disgusting. So I need more water. So yeah, I got to get out of here it's been a fun one uh yeah so we'll be back uh with i'm excited because the car cast on saturday very high chance that we like shatter our our watch record or we have the worst uh tune in of all time
2: it's either going to be really really cool and crazy and wild or it's going to be super disappointing um not that like the handful of people that show, that be show like, up on a game day will yeah. also
1: be imp- be appreciated. It's gonna it be twelve thirty, one o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, Either that means that everybody's gonna be there, or it means that be. nobody's gonna be there because they're out doing stuff. You know, yeah. Watching I other think, games. I think I think we
2: had what was it three hundred people on the stream at one a.m. I mean that's after valid. the ASU yeah. game. Like I think that the Robots will turn up. I think there will be
1: win or lose yeah.
0: there will but be a will lot the of robots things
1: call into the rant line. That's the question. That's the question. 818-643-7227. That is the question. Will they call in? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll just see.
2: Di- dial that number, wait for it to ring, it'll pick up, you will be sent to a voicemail. Yeah. Leave your message, hang up. It's very very simple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: absolutely. All right, we're going to wrap it up there even though uh, Stalker says Chick-fil-A uh, nuggets and an In-N-Out shake. Oh, what two fast food items beat that combo? Um, mm. I'll, I'll give you one. McNuggets and a Jack-in-the-Box Oreo shake because growing up, there's a Jack-in-the-Box right next door to a McDonald's. And so whenever my dad wasn't home, my mom would be like, are we double dipping? <laughs> We're double dipping. And so she would drive through uh, Jack in the Box and then immediately drive through McDonald's. Drive through Jack in the Box for her and then drive through McDonald's for me. <laughs> yeah, That's very cute. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that, that'll wrap us all up. We'll, we'll see you guys uh, Saturday. If you're a member here on uh, YouTube, you can join us for our members uh, only stream uh, on uh, Thursday tomorrow night 9 p.m. Pacific time for Run After Dark. Uh, it'll be fun. It's always fun. Join us 4.99 a month. You get all of our bonus content, uh, and you get to join us on Discord as well. It's a hell of a time. We love fostering this community. Uh, we got Tim and Sagar in the chat talking about Party Tower. Like it's <laughs> it's cool. Like we, we've got we've got people coming together. Uh, next thing you know, we're gonna like. Uh, I, I'd, I'd say that we'd play matchmaker and get somebody married, but I guess we would beat everybody to We already so. did
2: that. Yeah. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. We'll 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 see you next time. Until then, see ya. See ya. See ya.